Well, maybe, uh, you know, maybe, Jared, I, I'm just, I'm real shy. I just, I'm real nervous. I feel real inferior, real insignificant. Like, what I have to offer? I just, I don't have anything to offer. So, is that the creation that Jesus created? Somebody with inferior qualities. Or did he put something down in you, a gift that is down in there, that is waiting to manifest itself in the area of his calling? I, I don't know. You tell me. Jesus says, I want you to go out and I want you to inspect and see what you have. In other words, we are going to use what we have. That's important for you to get. Say, I've got enough already. Go in the strength you have. Yeah, I, I mean, that was weak, but. <laughs> go in the strength you have. I wish somebody would say that. I'm going to go in the strength that I have. Jesus says, you feed them. But we only have five loaves. We only have two fish. Bring them here. And then he told the people to sit down on the grass. Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish. He looks up toward heaven and he blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted. And afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. About 5,000 were fed that day in addition to all the women and children. Now when I, I want you to skip down to chapter 25, the same book, Matthew 25. We're going to pick it up in verse 14. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. I want you to catch that. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. So the master who entrusted these servants with his money leaves on a trip. Now he has returned and he wants an account of how they had used the money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more. Yes, 100% return. Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest. I've earned you five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I'll give you more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Verse 22, the servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. Another hundred fold return on your investment master the master said well done my good and faithful servant how many wants to hear those words enter in my good and faithful servant well i'm i'm giving you something right here that's going to get you in there master i knew oh i'm sorry verse 23 the master said well good thou faith good and faithful servant you have been faithful in handling this small amount 
So now I'm going to give you more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Verse 24. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant, gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid. I was afraid I was going to lose your money. So I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops, I didn't plant and gathered crops, I didn't cultivate. Why didn't you at least deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. To those, check this out. Here it is. This is a key. I'm giving you a key today. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. And then some of those sad verses, one verse, 30. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Wow. That just ended on a clincher. Useless, unprofitable servants. I want to look at these scriptures today. I don't have a lot of time, but I'm going to hit some keys today and give you these, some takeaways. And we may just start a new series starting right now. We're at the Lakeside Pavilion. So today I'm going to talk to you about Lakeside Stories. Lakeside Stories. Thank you, Lord, for this word. Thank you, Lord, for teaching us. Thank you, Lord, for these hearts that are hearing. Come on, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for his word. Learn, turn to somebody next to you before you're seated and say, Lakeside Stories. I, I, you know, when you read in the New Testament, how many notice how much time Jesus spent on the lake shore? I mean, he was always at the lakeside. He was always near the water. I love that about Jesus. He, he, he would always go on a boat, Sean. Yeah. So you're doing, you're, you're, your life is following the life of Jesus. See, that's what. Now, it's pretty hard trying to pay for all that fuel these days, right? But Jesus several times would get on a boat and he would begin to teach from a lakeside, whether it's the Sea of Galilee or the Jordan River, he would cross over the Kedar Springs or whatever. He would find a place, and it always seemed like if it was near water, they were going to mention it, that he was near water. In fact, sometimes the crowds pushed him so much that he had no place to go except on a boat where they could not get into the water. And you will see some of the greatest stories that Jesus ever taught, you will see them taught from a boat. Or you will see some of the greatest events of, of meeting people, of meeting his disciples, whether they be fishers or those that, even tax collectors that hung out by the sea, he would grab them and say, follow me. It's time to follow me. And this would all happen by the water. And as I look over there, I, I wonder maybe what God has for us by the water. Last week, we were by the water. I don't know, I don't know what's going on, but wherever we go, we, we're going to have to raise a lot of tithe money because we got to stay by the water. I wanted to just point out, though, that God is calling us to utilize what we have. There is a gifting in every one of you. God formed you and made you. And as far as I'm concerned, 
Jesus would never form or create anything that did not serve him and his kingdom. And for that reason alone, that means that he has put something down on the inside of you. Well, Jared, I got a temper. I don't work in the kingdom of God. No, that's not what he put down in you. That's not his nature. Well, Jared, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of impulsive. I, I, I react. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not slow to speak. I'm quick to anger. Well, maybe, uh, you know, maybe, Jared, I, I'm just, I'm real shy. I just, I'm real nervous. I feel real inferior, real insignificant. Like what I have to offer, I just, I don't have anything to offer. So is that the creation that Jesus created somebody with inferior qualities? Or did he put something down in you, a gift that is down in there, that is waiting to manifest itself in the area of his calling? I, I don't know. You tell me. Here's one of our problems in the 21st century church. And I'm not specifically calling out this congregation, okay? So I love you. But we look to specific leaders to lead and guide and build the church. And that's okay. It's scriptural. It's organization. God has put pastors and teachers and evangelists and prophets and all. He's put fivefold ministry. I mean, he has put it in the church. There's no doubt about it. But when we begin to look and rely on solely for one leader or for two ministers or for a Sunday school teacher to begin to utilize the gifting that they have so that they can build the church that I'm a part of, then we are missing our calling. And as far as I'm concerned, when we look to them and we're enamored by their gifting, I will never look introspectively to what I have. I'll never take inventory of what God has put in me. Notice that the master gave to one five, to another he gave two, and to another he gave one. Now the one could have looked at the five and said, man, you gifted. Look at me. I just got one. You got five. How many, you know people like that. <laughs> Victim mentality, entitlement spirit. God says... I'm giving you these talents in proportion to your ability. So your instinct or your ability to utilize this gifting, you have what it takes. I have given you the gift. I have given you the resources to utilize. I have given you the abilities in you to utilize your gifting. But when I look at the five, and I only got two, Gary, I can say, let the guy with the five do it. I'm just a mere man over here with two. There's nothing that I can really do in comparison to him or to her. How many, you know people like that. You've seen it. They are gifted now. They're fine looking. They're smart. They got money. 
and all these, and you're like, could they be any more blessed? Could they be any more gifted? Could they, and you're just like, but I want you to look at you. I want you to see you the way you look at them. Because God has given you the same amount of talent according to your ability. In, in, in fact, in proportion to your ability. So while he may give some five, he has given the five, he has given the ability to work the five. And he may give you two, but he has given you the ability to work the two. You can't work the five, but you can work the two. And the one with one, he says, I'm going to give you the ability to work the one. But the one that had the one was too busy looking at the one with the five, too busy looking at the one with the two, and said, you know what, I don't want to lose this one. I don't want to take the risk of losing. So is anybody burying what you should use? Because the one with the one talent knew that... He, this money was entrusted by a harsh master. And so I don't want to take the risk of losing it, so I'm going to hide it in the earth. But when he hid it in the earth, he would never be able to utilize the gifting that God has. He thought he would be just as successful to come back with exactly the same amount that he was given. God has given you an amount, here it is, but he wants you to double it. God has given you the seed, it's up to you to double it. You will not double it if you hide it. I don't know why God is telling me to do this on this first time in Lakeside, I'm just talking about a Lakeside story. This ain't real spiritual. I know you're not crying and looking for tissues right now, but this is a key because God has told us, Katie, to expand the tents, that the seed is in the tent. The barley, the rice, and the oats is in the tent. Some of y'all ain't getting this right now, but listen, y'all don't know the phone calls that I've gotten. The very day that I walked in this house and took a walk through, Kip, you were there. Jeff, you were there. Teely, you were there. The very day I walked this pavilion with these guys and we looked around to see if this was a space that Bright City should do. Man, we like it. I think we have peace about it. But then that very day, I got a call. Expand your tents. Didn't know I'd walk the pavilion. Didn't know that very day that we had gone in this place and looked to expand our tent, looked to move out of 218 Main Street. Yes, the theater was great, but God says it's time to expand your tents. Don't bury. <laughs> Don't bury. What I have given you because there's a risk. When he comes back, he's looking for a hundredfold return. You know, somebody asked me the other day, I say the other day, it was like five years ago, but I never forgot it. It's like the other day. He 
he was a Church of Christ minister. We had hardly ever spoken, and this dude was intense, okay? He was younger than me, and he loved Scripture. I mean, he's a walking, talking Bible. But then he looked at me, and he said, I mean, literally, we had just met, okay? This was a little intense. He goes, what do you fear the most? Like, whoa, easy, hey. <laughs> Take me to dinner first, all right, man, calm down. And without hesitation, I said, my greatest fear is that someday when I get to heaven and I'm staring face to face with my maker, with my creator, and I began to say, hey, Lord, how, how'd I do, you know? And, and he begins to say, Jared, you didn't utilize what I gave you. My greatest fear would be that conversation where Jesus says, you know what? The thing that you were longing for, that you wanted to get done, that thing that you wanted to get done, it was within you the whole time. I put it in you, and you didn't use it. Worst fear. I do not want to meet my maker. I don't even want to go to my mom and say, Mom, much less my Jesus, and say, Jesus, here I am. I'm, I, know I, did, I, I know I wasn't used in any way, but look, I didn't sin. I, I went to church every Sunday. I paid my tithes. Every, mm, Jesus, here I am. Here we are at the gates. You know, please welcome me in. And Jesus is like, you didn't utilize what I had in you the whole time. But here it is, Jesus. Here, I, I hid it in the earth, but here it is. Whoa, God, don't let that be me. And so I may fumble around a little bit. I may take some risk, whether it's financially, whether it's physically, whether it's spiritually. But as I'm getting older, I realize that I don't get anywhere without taking risks. Anybody feel what I'm saying right there? You ain't going to change in life unless we take risks. And so until we learn to expose our talent and bury our fear, see, here's the unprofitable servant. He buried what he should have exposed. Yeah. And he exposed what he should have buried. You get that? Some of you are thinking right now, well, yeah. He exposed his fear. He buried his talent. He should have exposed his talent and taken a risk. And that way he would have buried his fear. Your courage doesn't come before the transaction. You got to step out and utilize the gift that is in you. You got to take inventory. Jesus on a boat, lakeside. Go into a remote place. Let me set this up. One of his relatives, the one that cleared the way for his coming, John, just got executed, just got assassinated. He just learns of the news. First thing he does, get on the boat. Get on a boat, go to a remote area. People, crowds begin to follow. He says, go to a remote area. Okay? 
But people begin to follow him in a remote area. And there's nothing, there's no resources, there's nothing that we can provide for these people. They're out here, they're sick, Jesus feels compassion. He begins to utilize the gift that Jesus has. He begins to, utilize, he begins to pour out of himself to touch these people. He begins to touch the sick, the lame. I mean, there's no telling how many people he touched. But then they become hungry. And the disciples are thinking, we're thinking, you know, we're thinking physically. We're thinking in the natural. These guys are hungry. We're in a remote area. Jesus, we probably need to send them home now. It's a, you've been touching a lot of people. We need to send them. Jesus says, hold on a minute. Let's think. What do we have? And they begin to look around. And I think the question is really, what is inside you that you have? Take inventory of what you have. Begin to inspect what you have. What do you have? And they begin to think. And then he followed it up with three words. He said, you feed them. Jesus said, I ain't doing it. You feed them. This is faith 101. Jesus begins to let them know that it is within you to bring up the gap, to fix yourself in the area of that need. You don't have to have me to do this. It is in you right now. But the one with the one talent and say, all I got is one talent, God, one talent. I can't. You got one talent. Whether you got one, whether you got two, whether you got five, use what you got. Everybody say, use what you got. So what is the gifting that is within me? What is it? Where am I?